Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So the big headlines of the day briefly. Uh, Liz Cheney was ousted from her leadership position in the Republican Party. If that story matters to you, she did get booted out. So there's that. And she came out and immediately made a statement. She said she's going to dedicate herself to making sure Trump doesn't get anywhere near the Oval Office ever again. Um, over in Israel, where they're continuing to swap missiles and that sort of stuff, Israel has taken out several Hamas leaders, and that opened up a barrage of attack from Hamas and Israel fighting back. So that thing is hotter than it's been in many, many, many years. The oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say earlier when we were talking about the pipeline and the cyber attacks, I forgot to mention that uh, Scripps Health, a giant health system in the San Diego area, is in its ninth straight day of hackers messing with them in a ransomware attack. And uh, I was just reading somebody say there are thousands of ransomware attacks going on right now. Just nobody t- nobody publicizes them because they don't want to. They don't want to announce, hey, we're vulnerable and we just had to pay ten, fifteen, fifty thousand dollars well, to some Eastern European hacker outfit. OK, my plan for this is especially if you attack big infrastructure, big things that are like a national. Um, I don't know what the right term would be, but it's, uh, you know, important to our country. Yeah, critical system. Critical part of our, uh, you know, the operating. Um, we come after you. SEAL Team Six is going to take you out. <laughs> I mean, you're 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 public enemy number one. What's your plan for stopping this? We can't just continue to let bandits rob rob our uh, stagecoach on the way to deliver the gold to Wells Fargo. We just can't continue to let that happen. I agree a hundred percent. I just think you you're underestimating how difficult it is to find these people. It's extremely difficult. Well, if you found any and killed them, though, it certainly, I think it would slow them down. Like, like if, boy, we better be good at this because if we get caught, they're going to take us out. Or, you know, I've got to talk out of the side of my mouth so only the people listening can hear. <laughs> Not the bad guys. The bad guys can't hear this. No. You find somebody who's guilty of something, you know, murderers. There whatever, you go. And you string them up and say they were hackers. And do that like every day for a couple of weeks. You're not killing anybody innocent, but they weren't hackers. Well, that is some frontier justice. But we got to do something. Yeah. They're doing a frontier. That's why. That's why I used that example. That's the sort of thing that's going on. They're robbing the train out in the middle of nowhere, and they just keep doing it over and over. You have to send a message hard to get it to stop. I don't know what it's going to be. Isn't it, it? What about increasing security as opposed to retaliatory sort of stuff? Uh, in the stagecoach, we just put more sheriffs with guns on the stagecoach. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and here's where the uh, I've read an, uh, the metaphor runs out of steam. Steam-powered okay. stagecoach, apparently. <laughs> uh, because that, that technology was known, and that was just a numbers game. Um, I, it obviously needs to be a huge national priority. I think it is. But the government's so bad at everything it does, I, I don't know for sure. Well, I think you got to do both ends of it. You make you, obviously we got to spend more money on, and I don't know how doable that is. You can't, you can't, you can't put fifty million dollars worth of cybersecurity on a small town hospital. I mean, right. just, it just doesn't work out. And you had to, but you have to attack it from both ends and also make people realize you get caught hacking us, you're going to pay a hell of a price. Like maybe with your eyes. <laughs> oh, jeez, Louise, he's on fire, folks! Wow, uh, I've heard one. 
I've heard that one thing that would really help, and, and the tech experts cringe whenever we go into this sort of thing, and for good reason. Um, one thing that would help is if you do your computing through the cloud, through companies that have world-class cybersecurity, the as cloud, opposed to... Up in the sky, the cloud, so clean, the, so fresh, exactly. so pure. There are angels up there, um, as opposed to some, you know, medium-sized cities got three hospitals and they do all their own computing and they they have Norton antivirus or whatever. That's just not good enough anymore. Apparently, no offense to the good folks at Norton who make a lovely product. But so the headline on the the pipeline thing is uh, yesterday, Atlanta, the biggest city in the South, a fifth of their gas stations were empty. Uh, they had no gas. I got to believe it's higher today because the reports out of Charlotte, which is a big one of the biggest cities in the South, their metro area, 70 percent of the gas stations got no gas. Oh, no. Well, and that's causing panic buying. So those the places that haven't run out are about to. Well, if you're if you if you wake up and hear on you from your local radio morning radio show, uh, which Good we, morning, which you he used to be in Charlotte, oddly enough, the local morning radio show uh, um, uh, if you wake up and hear that 70% of the stations don't have gas, I'd think, well, I better fill up my tank because I don't know how long this is going to last. Well, and the politicians are saying, please, no panic buying, no panic buying of the very little gas that's left for your car that you need to go to work. Don't panic buy. <laughs> and as the secretary of whatever said yesterday, it's not a shortage. It's a supply problem. I'm not sure how that, a, uh, I think I'm still walking along the side of the road if I don't have gas, if it's a supply problem as opposed to a shortage I'm not <laughs> sure right. those words mean anything so i have just clicked on a cnn story god forgive me um i hate to give those reprobates any business whatsoever whatsoever reprobates latest on the u.s gas uh thing gas demand spiking in several states uh the demand was up 40 percent yesterday according to gas buddy which sounds like something you take after a plate of baked beans <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Tired of flatulating around your family? <laughs> Try gas, buddy. Try gas, buddy. Uh, and uh, okay, eh, it would require too much research. Who has the time? So anyway, exploding demand, gas shortages, empty gas stations, lines around the block, fist fights, etc. Isn't humanity great? Last year, toilet paper. This week, anyway, gasoline. What's next? I've got the biggest meeting of my life after lunch, Jim. What should I do? Try gas, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hey, Michael, how have we done on coming up with uh, some sort of theme? I think Sean was going to pitch into for woke Shavix yeah, on the march. Yeah, making progress. Yeah. Making progress? No, no. Yeah, I think what I are do. you, with the government? Is it ready? Between and the two, it's not no, how between soon. Between the two of us, I think we'll have to be very good. But at what point? And since when do we have standards? <laughs> All right, well, you just let me know when you want it. Oh, so so it is ready. But it's not good. It's already been announced. No, that is not that is not for the artist to decide. That yeah. is for the consumer of art. We've been to working really hard on this. Well said. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, we'll try it here, and then we'll do the actual segment after the commercial break. But so it, it's going to sound something like this: Welcome to Wokeshaviks on the March. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> that there's a tsunami of wokeness. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. I, I like it. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's really good, fellas. Nice, nicely done. The the repetition is beautiful too. Are those the dulcet tones of Sam Harris? Yes, I'll be selling that as an NFT for millions later. Who, who as a liberal with a hugely famous 
liberal podcast thinks wokeness is one of the scariest things that's ever happened. He is a brilliant man. Usually, I don't always agree with him, but I, I find him thought I don't agree with him on a ton of things, but he's right about yeah. wokeness. Yeah, he sure is. The, the interesting part of his podcast, though, is his intonation, which you just heard there. I swear, if Sam Harris was, like, at a Charlotte gas station, desperate for gas, and accidentally lit himself on fire, he would say, Oh, my God, I am burning, burning alive. I am on fire now. <laughs> Deadpan Bill there. Uh, okay, so Wokesvik's on the mark. Coming up if officially next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Inflation rising at the highest rate since 2008. Um, that's not scary enough for me yet, but uh, you know we might not be done with our inflating, so Ugh. we'll all keep our eye on that. Oh, boy. That worries me a lot. Me too. You know, if I was 24, starting out in a career, got zero nest egg, not even considering retiring ever, I mean, it wouldn't worry me as much. But uh, holy cow, folks on fixed incomes, retirees, brutal. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, what was I going to say? Oh, we just got an email from a guy who was about to take his kids to uh, Florida for like a four-day weekend uh, from the Carolinas, I think he said. And uh, with the gas shortage thing, now they're not sure if they could get back home. So holy cow. Thanks, hackers. Well, the rehearsal went very, very well. This is the actual debut i think of a future of a feature rather where see the rehearsal went better than the real thing it always does bad rehearsal good show that's what they say welcome to wokesheviks on the march that there's a tsunami of wokeness that there's a tsunami of wokeness Mm. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. <laughs> gotcha. That there's a tsunami of wokeness. Sounds like the world's most deadpan alarm. That there's a tsunami okay. of wokeness. All right. All right, I get it. And that's the Chinese national anthem, right? That's a nice touch. Nice touch. Damn commies. Have you ever listened to his meditation app? Yeah. I have not. That's have the one you? I use, yeah. It's very popular. Um, it's called Wake Up, I think. Waking Up. Yeah. Waking Up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with that tone of voice, I could see how it would help him. But I think I'd fall asleep and go back to bed. I don't know. Wake I up. I would. That's okay. <laughs> Going back to bed is okay. Yeah, that's fine. The world will keep spinning. It's not fine. i got to go to work. Hippies. <laughs> so, uh, so many woke stories, pro and con. It's impossible to get to them all during the course of a show, so I figured I'd just cram them all into one segment. First of all, this is a classic Western Michigan University. Their theater complex was vandalized with spray-painted slogans. All lives matter. Back the blue. Blue lives matter, which were immediately called white supremacist slogans by university administrators. Uh, they declared these slogans inflammatory, sent out a letter, offered counseling to kids because they might go to pieces over somebody painting back the blue on the theater complex. Classic, I guarantee you, a Wolkshevist did it. I guarantee it was an activist who, who did the spray painting. It's, it's a, it's a 90 percenter, yeah. I would say. 
Good news from Christopher Rufo. I told you we'd be going uh, pro and con back and forth. Walt Disney Company has removed its entire anti-racism program from the company's internal portal. Backlash? We talked about this. Was it the backlash? Got to be the backlash. Good. Good. I hope that is a, a permanent change. Good for them. I heard a good summary of what critical race theory is the other day. I was going to write it down and remember it because it was like a good one-sentence description for people who don't get it. But it is definitely the teaching of racism. There's no doubt about it. That you are born with immutable uh, things uh, because of your skin color. including yeah, qualities, being, sins, yeah. characteristics, yeah. Yeah. Uh, including, oh, this is so good. Well, wait a minute. Yeah, we'll do this one first. This is so good. Northwestern students, one of the most prestigious universities in the country, Northwestern, according to an editorial in the school paper, white people walk on the sidewalk in an annoying way because of internalized racism and white supremacy. Hmm. What is Laying the annoying the, way that I walk on the sidewalk? Just like rudely so people have to get out of your way. Huh. Not like going single file when you're approaching another group or always walking on the right. No, no, no. If the, I'm in a group and I approach the group, the group that breaks first loses. Mm. Yeah, you guys, if you walk around my group, then my group won. Well, let's, you're a white supremacist, according to the University of Richmond sociologist Bedelia Richards. Uh, goes back to Jim Crow when black people had to step aside for white How people. How do you possibly <clears throat> believe this sort of crap? So the way I walk down the sidewalk is influenced by what was going on in the South many, many miles from where I lived and grew up. A hundred years ago, yes. And that's just in my nature. Oh, I'm hearing a little white fragility here. I mean, but that's just so stupid on its face. Oh, calling it stupid on its face is proof of racism. This is fun. I'm going to switch sides. I, I know. I know that that is the argument among the white fragility, anti-racist crowd. But it's just so nonsensical that Jim Crow. Because in you know rural Mississippi, a white person will walk down the sidewalk with a black person expected to get off because of my uh, me being uh, raised in Wisconsin. Years after this happened, I would have that same point of view. It's just numbskullery of the highest order. Hey, it looks like you spilled a little coffee on your clan robe, white supremacist. According to the good doctor, who is it? She's got a Ph.D., Jack, and you don't. Well, I guess she's white, right, then. White people came to expect the right of way in public places. White people who were accustomed to moving through the world like that, intentionally or not, taught their kids to move through the world in the same way. And the racism that undergirded Jim Crow wasn't eliminated just because the laws were no longer overtly racist. So people who are rude walking through airports, it's white supremacy. Does she actually believe that, do you think? 100%, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. It's a religion. You're a nut. It's a, it's a cult. A uh, great piece in uh, the National Review, a welcome backlash against critical race theory. People are starting to wake up to what it is and how ugly and terrible it is. And they have a lengthy quote from Ibram X. Kendi, the high priest of this sick, racist new religion, <clears throat> who says outwardly, The defining question is whether the discrimination is creating equity or inequity. If discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it is racist. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. So you need to understand how, how clearly and proudly they state that premise. 
We need to be separated into our racial groups and discriminated against to right historical wrongs. You, you good with signing on to that? You're an idiot. Take, oh my God, take a look at uh, the Israelis and, and Hamas killing the crap out of each other's civilians right now over religious and tribal differences. Just beautiful. I just came across a great tweet that Tim Sandifer retweeted and mentions the Israeli thing. Listen to this. I like this. You know there's a Democrat in the White House when there are the biggest jump in inflation in a decade, gas shortages, attacks on Israel, and a border crisis, and the mainstream media is focused like a laser on the number three House Republican. See, that's the way I feel about it. I think that's such a non-story in the mix of everything else that's going on. When you put it like that, it's tough to argue with. But it, you know, if you focus on that, you can uh, Trump bad, Republicans crazy, you know, go with that angle and not deal with any of those other big problems that could affect the Democrat in the White House. Right. I'm not forgetting that you're a white supremacist, but you're right about that. And then finally, uh, James Lindsay tweeted this. Somebody passed it along. My kids' new school guidelines, the new stuff is highlighted in social science. They're supposed to analyze news stories and all, including identify and critique how implicit bias, institutional racism, racial supremacy, privilege, intersectionality, and identity influence perspectives in the understanding of history and contemporary events. Oh, boy. They are indoctrinating your kids as fast as they can in public schools right now. Ask your kids if they're teaching them this stuff, and then fight it. Did Lindsay say his kids are in a school where they're teaching that? No, somebody passed it along to him. Yeah. And I have more examples. We're just out of time for the segment. Oh, we didn't get to play the theme. I forgot. That's that's my bad. Disappointing. More on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think the big issue here with Continental is, this is the ransomware, they're the ones who were cyber hacked. If Continental can't get back into business by Friday, experts tell me all bloody hell is going to break loose. You're talking about the electric grid. You're talking about no supplies in the gasoline stations. You could also be talking about uh, schools and banks and law firms and office buildings. They basically have until Friday. We don't know much from Colonial. It's kind of an old style uh, utility and pipeline country, and they ain't saying much. That's interesting. That's uh, Cudlow. Uh, you know him. He was an advisor to President Trump on uh, economics, talking about how bad it could get if the if they don't get the Colonial Pipeline up and running the way it's supposed to. So the reports out of Charlotte, North Carolina, one of the biggest cities in the South, is seventy percent of the gas stations are dry today. If it's anything like that in, uh, in other parts of the South, and I'll bet it is, um, that's that's going to get ugly fast. I'd say, and, and he's talking about like all businesses having to shut down. And just, I don't quite get that. Why? Like, why does the bank have to shut down because there's a gas shortage or the school? Because people can't go, people can't hmm. get there. Buses. Well, I'd still keep the bank open. Gas-powered money counters. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little mystified by that, honestly. Um, they're bombing the BG. Societal societal breakdown, probably cannibalism. Cannibalism. Well, you're afraid to go to the bank. You might get at. Um, they're, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They're bombing the bejesus out of each other in Israel, the Israelis and the Palestinians, and it's worse now than it was yesterday. And overnight, the Israelis 
assassinated a number of Hamas leaders, which caused them to fire more rockets, which caused Israel to fire more back. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said uh, just a little bit ago, we will continue the effort to stop the anarchy with an iron fist if necessary, with all necessary force and with all necessary authority. Now, that's the sort of strong talk you don't hear very often out of countries. No. More or less, we'll do whatever we have to do. And when the Israelis say it, they mean it. Uh, Anyway, so to the much more frivolous, I got on this topic with my son last night. How did we get on this topic? Uh, He was eating something, and he's talking about how he could eat a lot of it. And, uh, And he said something like, does Joey Chestnut ever eat, does he only eat hot dogs or does he ever eat anything else? And I said, oh, yeah, he's he actually has the record for all kinds of different things. And and my Mm. son didn't know that. He just thought that Joey Chestnut was the world's greatest hot dog eater. And he said, well, sorts of things. So I Googled it and I looked it up. Joey Chestnut holds, what's the total number? Uh, 50 some different records. I'll run through just some of them. He's the greatest eater in the history of eating. No, I mean, I'll, no question. I'll run through just some of them to give you an idea. And if you, if, if, if at any of them you, you want to like know the amount, stop and I will tell you how much in what a period of time. But he is the world record holder for eggs, asparagus. You know, I'm sorry. I think we need the amount of all of them. I didn't even get past eggs. Yeah. I, 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 I want to know eggs. I want to know asparagus so far. He ate 141 hard boiled eggs in eight minutes. No, he didn't. Asparagus. Oh, and remember, reversal I, of fortunes during the competition are disqualifying. Right, right, yeah. right. I ate one hard-boiled egg last night and was reminded how rich they are and kind of heavy. It becomes pretty clear to me what he's doing to make a living here uh, once I get further in the list. You, you don't want to stop on all of them because some of them stand out more than And it's okay. a long list. I'll trust your judgment. So we did eggs. Asparagus, glazed donuts. Pulled pork uh-huh. sandwiches. I think I can uh-huh. compete with him on this. I need a number. Which one? Uh, b- pulled pork. Pulled pork sandwiches, he ate 45 in 10 minutes. Good Lord. I'm willing to try. Yeah, me too. I need them right now if they're in front of me. Glazed donuts got my attention because I'm a donut guy. 55 glazed donuts in eight minutes. About like tacos from Taco Bell, he ate 53 soft beef tacos from Taco Bell in 10 minutes. What the hell would that do to you? Winds like Western Kansas. Are you kidding me? He'd spend the next six weeks on the turlet. We all know about hot dogs, chicken wings, uh, long form and short form. I don't know what that means. Crystal burgers, pork ribs, meat pies, corned beef sandwiches, shrimp wontons, hero sandwiches, Philly cheesesteaks, funnel cakes, fish tacos, traditional tacos, mutton sandwiches. Can we go back to funnel cakes? (laughs) Funnel cakes. Where was that? How many funnel cakes could a guy eat? Because you finish one of those at the state fair, it's sickening. <laughs> he ate 5.9 pounds of funnel cakes in 10 minutes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so greasy. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> Where were we? Mutton sandwiches, jalapeno poppers, pepperoni rolls, Twinkies, boysenberry pie, burritos, long form, pulled pork, different kind of, just not in the sandwich form, just regular, wow, the pulled pork one, holy cow. Taking fistfuls of pulled pork. He ate nine pounds of pulled pork in ten minutes. Nine pounds! Does he have an asbestos anus? I mean, what what is his digestive system made of? You would notice how much heavier you are if you had nine, particularly if you've ever, like, Worn one of those weight belts or something like that. If he had 10 pounds, if you're 10 pounds heavier 10 minutes later, you'd notice it, I think. Oh, heck yeah. Jeez, yeah. that's incredible. 
Horseshoe sandwiches, whatever those are, pulled pork Oh, sliders. those are delicious. It's, it's like Texas toast, and then the meat of your choice. Some people go with ham. Some people go with uh, a hamburger. This is a, a, a horseshoe sandwich. Then you cover the meat with French fries, then cover that with spicy cheese sauce. Can I have the horseshoe on the side? Oh, no, it's so good. That sounds awesome. Oh, that does sound awesome. They're I've big never in had central one. Illinois, where I used to live. Wow, I've never had one. He had six pounds in 12 minutes. Um, uh, canteen sandwiches, tamales, grilled cheese sandwiches, Does he heroes. A difference between like six pounds of funnel cake and six pounds of pulled pork. I don't know. Like, nine, is it all, nine pounds of pulled pork? Or, but, yeah, but is it all just poundage to him? I guess. I don't know. Huh. Um, one thing that was obvious to me is um, he makes his money in showing up to uh to like Hostess Donuts. He ate two. Uh, I don't. It doesn't say whether he ate the chocolate ones or the powdered <laughs> sugar ones. Neither one of them taste anything like any donut you've ever had in your life, but they're or good. anything else, or anything else you've ever had in your life. He yeah, two hundred and fifty-seven of them in six minutes. <laughs> wow. But but a lot of those, these are clear to me. How he makes his money is like we want to introduce a product or draw attention to a product, and he's a big enough name. If you have an eating contest, it doesn't make the paper. But if Joey Chestnut's in town, you know that's going to make it, and he probably gets you know a good chunk of money from some of these companies. To be there to get the publicity. It's just an advertising thing, and he goes there and he eats as much as he can. He, however much he eats is going to be more than the next highest amount from some other random person. Oh, sure, and I'm sure his agent have uh, his agents have information that, uh, hey, Jones County Fair, you'll have yeah. a 25% increase in ticket sales the day Joey's there. But like White Hut cheeseburgers, I don't know the White Hut, but they got a lot of attention when he came in and ate 52 cheeseburgers. So, mm-hmm. uh, Salt potatoes, turkey, whole. Whole turkeys? He ate 9.35 pounds of whole turkeys. <laughs> Feathers, beak, all of it. <laughs> Gizzard. Oh, yeah. Talons. Um, uh, Pizza Hut P-Zones, whatever those are. It's a fancy Hot Pocket. Kalachi Factory Kalachis, Brain Tacos. Uh, brain Tacos? Apple yeah. Pie, Pepperoni Rolls, Canteen Sandwiches, Two-Foot Pizza Slices, Carnitas Tacos, H-E-B True Texas Beef Brisket, Waffles, Ego Style, Ramen Noodles. Ramen Noodles. He ate 10 cups of Nissan Cup Ramen Noodles in a minute 50. It's jamming down the noodles. Anyway, that's just some of the very many records that he have. What an interesting way to make a living. It's good to good to be an American. You just it's just however far your talent and hard work will take you. How long can that last before something goes seriously wrong? That's what Sam asked yesterday. I said because when we interviewed him, I'm guessing he was like late twenties, thirty, something like that when we interviewed him years ago. He might be forties, fifty, but at some point your body's gonna say, nah, brah. You got to back yeah. off on the, you know, nine pounds of, of Taco Bell tacos. You're not 25 anymore. What are his yeah, doctor how, checkups like? There are various ways your body can inform you that you've exceeded your limits. Sometimes it's soreness, or maybe he would upchuck more often, or maybe his stomach would just rip open, ah. and, and ten pounds of pulled pork would pour into his abdomen. What are his doctor's checkups like? So, what's your diet? How well, have you been eating lately? Well, I got the four pounds of funnel cake. <laughs> Followed by nine pounds of Taco Bell tacos. Oh, those were good. <laughs> Yeesh. I, I just I, I don't get it. It's like watching a contortionist. How do you get your arm back there? Huh. <laughs> You're not made like me. <laughs> Almost three hundred donut donuts. Oh. <laughs> They're so disgusting. What the hell are those? Yeah. Once when I was a little kid, I 
Try to eat a piece of chalk. It's the closest I've ever come to a donut. So, you know, kidding. So we had a couple of contests back in the day when the radio station would allow us to do this before lawyers ruined the world. We had, uh, it was just Cinco de Mayo last week. We had mayonnaise eating contests. We did that a number of years in a row. Can yeah, you we, eat a, we, a fifth we, of mayonnaise? Yeah. Cinco That's, de Mayo, right. we called it. Yeah. Oh, I get it. <laughs> and did we have people, we had people throw that up. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The infamous peep eating. No, it wasn't peep. It was a candy corn. Yes. Contest. Oh. Rainbows of vomit. It was oh. just, just awful. It was I don't poorly remember. conceived, badly executed. I don't remember the candy corn eating contest. Was that tied into uh, Easter? Unkindly reviewed. We were arguing about candy corns and how I like them and you hate them. Uh-huh. And, and I, this the conversation went the way our conversations go. I wonder how many candy corns somebody could eat. The only one that like sticks out in my mind is the guy who won the how fast can you smoke a pack of cigarettes and he got the nosebleed. <laughs> oh, you say lawyers shut all this down, did you? Huh. <laughs> ah, well, uh, what are you going to do? Good times. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, just when we thought we made it through the worst of the pandemic, the next big threat to public health has arrived. Starbucks is launching the strawberry funnel cake frappuccino. It has as many calories as a double cheeseburger at McDonald's. It's a blend of strawberry puree and whipped cream with funnel cake pieces and powdered sugar. If you want one, just walk in and say, uh, Vente Diabete. Yikes. So job openings hit a record in March. Job openings leaped above 8 million for the first time ever with a new high. How in the world do you have a record number of job openings while you're throwing out a record amount of money to people because they can't find jobs? It's very confusing. Wall Street Journal reported in, uh, a couple of months ago that already enough money had been printed since a year ago to increase the money supply by 26%. More is baked in for 2021. People are not working because government benefits are too generous. And we're pumping trillions more into the economy of printed money. I'm reading the New York Times uh, piece about Biden pushing the... Uh, the plan and the unemployment situation, the rest of it. And it's interesting. It reads like an indictment from the New York Times. I mean, you know, maybe just to my eyes, but um, Biden says last Congress before I became president uh, gave businesses over $1.4 trillion in COVID relief. Let me be clear. The money came from the American people and it went to from the American people to American businesses, many of them big businesses to help them get through this pandemic and keep their doors open. My expectation is that as our economy comes back, these companies will provide fair wages and safe work environments and said if they did, they'll find plenty of workers and we're all going to come out of this better than we were before as he rescued it, Uh, though he still denies Generous benefits are causing people to stay home. He said you're not allowed to turn down a job if it's offered. Right, which is a hint that they think it's got something to do with it. Yeah. So was it Tucker? Somebody was making the argument yesterday that this whole illegal immigration thing, the uh, the, the the lack of attention to it, is being pushed by, you know, both the Democrats who thinks it who think it means more votes, and the Wall Street cr- crowd is like, we got 
more openings for jobs than we've ever had in the history of capitalism, and we can't get anybody to do it at the wages we're offering. So bring in the illegals. Oh, yeah, get absolutely. Get them in taking all these restaurant jobs. Mm-hmm. So that's a heck of a thing if we're going to spend trillions of dollars for American citizens to stay home and pay illegals to do all these jobs that are open. Whoa, what a way to craft a society. How long can that last? Meanwhile, completing the circle of idiocy and waste, uh, Gavin Mussolini in California, he's going to pay the illegals who sneak in the uh, the super bonus uh, COVID program dollars or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Just insane. Senator Ben, ben Sass of Nebraska blasted Biden for being all over the place. He wants to go over folks who are gaming the system, but he's denying the reality that his policies are making the situation worse. So he's trying to make struggling businesses the boogeyman. Here's the deal. Bad federal policy is making unemployment pay more than work, and millions of jobs are not getting filled. And then the New York Times goes into some detail uh, that the administration is making clear to the states anybody who turns down a suitable job offer other than for a legitimate COVID fear reason would lose access to unemployment benefits. But getting that word to the states and fashioning those regulations, then getting the states to implement them in a coherent way is weeks and weeks away. And then we just happen to get this uh, note from, we'll call him Al Anonymous, uh, he was laid off from uh, his job during the pandemic, uh, went on unemployment while I looked for work. The whole thing about Biden saying you have to apply for jobs is technically true. But in my state, at least, you had to report weekly. You were applying for four or five new positions. You could just say, yeah, I applied to Apple, Google, Facebook, and Twitter, but never got an interview, damn it. And that's all you'd need in order to keep receiving the benefits. So you have reams of confusing regulations being formed now, passed on to the states, which will not comprehend them for many weeks, and then you have a system where nobody's held to account anyway. But those benefits are still going to keep flowing, and, and if the president gets his way, trillions more. Look, nobody wants to listen to a radio show that makes them feel bad. I don't. Although, to a certain extent, I mean, like, Glenn Beck has become a gazillionaire off of that. Um... Well, I think there's a, there's a value. People see the house burning, and nobody's saying, "Hey, the house is burning." And you know, I don't want to depress the crap out of people, but I'm you know, we're well, going to tell you the house well, is burning. Well, here's the depressing part. It's depressing enough that the house is burning. the The depressing part to me is there's no stopping it. We're going through the biggest change in the history of our country. It will change everything forever for the worse, and there's nothing you can do about it. Now, why would you want to get up and listen to, to, to that radio show every day? I don't know. But that's what I personally believe. I honestly believe that. We're going through a change during this couple of years period that will change America forever for the worse, and there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's what I think. So enjoy your day. Mm. It'll never be the same country. Well, I guess I'll just fight on in vain out of sheer stubbornness then. <clears throat> I don't know what else to do. Different topic there- because I'm making people miserable. Hanson, do we have the video at our website of the woman putting gasoline in bags? we got to post that because it's really good. How many times do you say you watched it, Sean? <laughs> I probably watched it ten times when I first saw it. I just couldn't believe it. I was like, this has to be green screen, right? There, there's special <laughs> effects here. This is, this is a Marvel property. So people are hoarding gas on the East Coast and the Southeast because of the, uh, the, the, the what happened with the hack of the pipeline. And, man, Charlotte, North Carolina, 70% of the gas stations are dry today. Atlanta it was a fifth yesterday, but I'll bet it's much higher today. Anyway, uh, so so people are. I saw uh, I saw a, a picture of people with like gas containers filling them up and loading them up in their car. But this okay. particular woman had like your plastic shopping bag. When they say paper or plastic, and you say plastic, 
and she was filling it up with gasoline. Filling them up with gasoline. One just ripped apart, <laughs> what, so she double-bagged it next? and then tied the top like you do on a plastic bag like that and put them in the trunk of her car. I'll tell you what comes next. Your car explodes and you die in a horrific <laughs> fire. That's what You comes die next. of fire. You right. die of moronitude is what you die of. Numbnut. What, did, what, what was she picturing? What happens with the... How are you going to get the gas from the bag into... Like anything. Although I must and, say. And then, why didn't you just bring that thing? In her defense. Now, she was planning more ahead of time. I was in a, I won't give you the details. It would make more sense if I gave you the details, but I can't. But I was in a rough situation one time. Out of gas. On somebody else's behalf, not mine. But they were out of gas. I was going to take charge of this situation. And uh, I went to a gas station to get some gas. I walked all the way there, and I thought I got no container to put gas in to carry it back to the car. Everything's closed. It's a Sunday morning in a part of the country where things are closed because I care about God. And uh, I couldn't find a container, so I grabbed this cup, a styrofoam cup. Oh, oh boy. Styrofoam disintegrates instantly with gasoline. I didn't know oh. that. And not only does it, like, not hold gas, it just melts like it's ice cream in the hot sun. Did not know that. I didn't Almost know that like either. a magic trick. It is like a magic trick. It was weird. I had one of those big jumbo cups, and I thought, well, this will be perfect. I'll fill it full of gas. It'll get oh. us to the station. I put gas in there. It just melts in my hand. I'm covered in gasoline. Oh boy! Yeah, so don't ever try that if you're. I wish I could tell the whole story. It was quite the quite the ordeal. All the well, way back when you're a four pack a day smoker too. So yeah, yeah, dangerous. Yeah, so all kinds of things. Anyway, so don't put gas in plastic bags. It doesn't work. Armstrong and Getty.